Hello and welcome to the CEO Blind Spot Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is George Cardoza, who's the president of Pharma Services, a division of Neogenomics. And that is a NASDAQ company who recently announced that they're in the process of acquiring Anovata, allowing them to be the best in class liquid biopsy technology company. But the bottom line is you are committed to saving people's lives by increasing patient care. And I could say also providing a new way of biopsies and determining what someone has in terms of cancer. But welcome to the show, George. And please Tell me what excites you about being the president of that company. No, thank you so much. Again, Neogenomics, we're, we're going to literally do over a million cancer tests this year. So we're, we're very fortunate because you know so many hospitals, oncology clinics, and pathologists rely on us, but it's a big responsibility and we have to get we have to get the test results right, certainly. On the pharma services side, you know, one of the things that certainly excites us, and we've had actually a few over the past 12 months, you know, projects that we've worked on that the sponsors have been successful and have gotten FDA approval. And now the those therapies are out there literally saving lives. So, you know, we say this, but pharma sponsors that we work with, when they're successful, those those therapies go out and globally and, and they literally do save lives around the world. So it's a, it's a gratifying business to be in. Certainly it's a, a lot of pressure. The, the FDA holds the pharma sponsors to very high standards. So they in turn hold us to very high standards. But I think, you know, we, we've been successful certainly. And I think we've been able to keep the sponsors happy and meet their expectations. And Neogenomics has been very fortunate. We've grown impressive over the last uh, several years. And just the last quarter, our pharma division grew over 46%. So I think it shows the confidence that they have in us. And we are seeing repeat business and, and we are seeing the fact that they want to continue to work with us. So no, it's a it's a neat company. And certainly we're, we're very proud of what we do. And and you mentioned in Nevada in terms of the, the liquid biopsy. And mm-hmm. it's a very important technology because especially when you're looking at getting lung tissue, there, you know, there are times when getting tissue is very difficult and very challenging. And, and to be able to give the, the physicians the answers that they need just from a simple blood draw, it really is a, a significant advance. So, and Innovata has got tools on minimal residual disease where ideally from a blood test, you're going to be able to detect if, if cancer is recurring. And this is something that they're able to do months ahead of it ever showing up on a radiology scan. So again, back to the theme of saving lives, this really is going to make a difference. And for cancer patients to be able to know, you know, very quickly and very early, Uh, if they have a recurrence, and then they can get on a therapy very quickly. Yeah, you guys are definitely innovating a lot right now. And then as far as another thing I'm curious about is you actually started off being a CFO, and now you're president, and you have lots of experience in your background acquiring companies, and you even have in your background, Sony Music Entertainment <laughs> industry. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how do you think you ended up succeeding to this position? You know, I was in finance, obviously, I wasn't out uh, hiring artists and uh, <laughs> on the music side, but certainly they have a lot of needs for financials and royalties and spreadsheets. So I, I got involved there. And then, yeah, certainly I, I was spent 15 years with Quest Diagnostics, which is a, a terrific yeah. company. And then uh, came over here to Neogenomics, where I've been here for I think 11 and a half years now and did the CFO job for eight and a half years. And I think once the company you know, made the decision that they were going to go the route of having uh, different divisions, it was a great opportunity to take what was a $20 million business. And now our run rate's probably 75 million. So it's been gratifying to see the the growth. And I think what we even recognized a few years ago is there was tremendous potential and upside in the division. And I think we just needed a dedicated team and dedicated resources to realize that. So our CEO, I think, wisely reorganized to try to take advantage of those opportunities. And I, I think we've been able to execute on that. 
Yes, and that that original CEO is now chairman, correct? Yes, yeah. Doug has announced his retirement. Not that we're all certainly going to miss working with him, but he has moved on to be executive chair. He is going to stay on as our chairman of the board, though. So he's still uh, very committed to the to the company, and certainly always going to stay close to us on on the board. So I think yes. we all all wish him the best, and and certainly he was you know, had a, built a phenomenal company and built a, an amazing track record. But I, I think the strength of his leadership as CEO is that he did leave behind a, a strong team that's going to continue to do well. Yes. And a lot of times we talk about the blind spots and leading people. And when I asked you, how did you end up becoming president? It's it's funny because you did not say because I'm such a great leader. But the reason I'm talking with you is because my neighbor, Meredith, when I was talking to her about, hey, I'm, I'm always looking for podcast guests that are both humble and willing to talk about best practices. And she immediately said, you're the one that you actually have been amazing and how you mentor people and lead people. So I was wondering, do you think that's one of the strengths that you have? Well, yeah, that's you know that's the the fun part of the job. Obviously, is working with talented people, and and certainly uh, we're we're very fortunate in pharma services. We've got such a terrific team of, of, of just talented people. I think we have forty PhDs just in our division. So mm. uh, to give you an idea of some of the level of talent that we have, and and believe me, that that energizes you working with with great people, and I think it just makes it an exciting place to work with. And you know, Meredith, uh, she leads our Houston laboratory, and again, she's she's also led it. I think when I started, Houston had about thirty people. I've got over 100 now, and, and you know, we're literally running out of space in Houston after yes. uh, an expansion a couple of years ago. So it's, it's been great to see the Houston facility arrive as well. So, But yeah, I think you know, it, it's to me, that's the fun part of work is working with a team and trying to help people develop. And I, I've been fortunate. I've had some great bosses in my background. And you know, I think you try to replicate that. And, and it's not just develop the high potential people. You, you certainly want to develop your whole team because I, I think you know, that's, that's the strength is really it's not just one person. It's, it's the team. Yes. So then, of course, to me, you sound like you're Mr. Perfect. So did you ever struggle as a leader? Yeah, no, no, certainly. I think sometimes you lose patience. I I think sometimes I probably need to have a little more patience. Sometimes I I think, you know, you want to see change quickly and you have to step back and make sure that, you know, it's, it happens at the right pace and and that you do work as a team. And I also think, you know, we've built a special culture here, but we, we sort of enforce that. And I think in the past, I probably did have a blind spot where people are doing well at their job, but then you sort of hear stories about how nobody likes to work with them and how they're they're quote unquote difficult and they're problematic. And then you start to realize that they're, they are causing damage in the organization. So I think Neo has been very culture driven, but you know, we look for people that can achieve results, but also kind of do it the right way. And, and within a, within a team approach and, you know, the, the people that are just sort of the superstars who try to bulldoze people, they, they don't really last very long here. Yes. Teamwork is important indeed, especially in a company like yours. <laughs> no, exactly. We're a service business and, and yeah. it's very important because you know, our service and our, our clients, you know, they're, they're sending us tests every day and they expect us to deliver every day. So we really do have to have great teamwork to be able to meet their expectations. Well, and I, I can again confirm through me seeing Meredith when winter storm hit in Houston and her and her team figured out how to still take care of everything because you guys obviously needed refrigerators <laughs> that, that they all stepped up and that was really cool to see from the inside so to speak so yeah, no, the, the, yeah the stories of them actually you know, going out and getting diesel fuel to make sure the generator didn't run yes. out of out of gas and how they all kind of managed to figure it out it was interesting so they, they, it's just it shows how impressive the, the teams are and, and how much they care just about you know making sure that some of the precious samples in the refrigerator and again some of those are for cancer 
patients and yeah. those samples were ruined, it, it shows, you know, that they might not have been able to get an answer for those patients. So it really showed the dedication. And she, she's really, I, I, I give her credit too. I think Meredith's a terrific leader of that team. Yeah. Well, so then that was one example of a crisis and who knows what other crises we will come across. So do you have any last minute tips that you want to share with leaders about what to do when you're facing crisis? Well, obviously COVID-19 certainly comes exactly. to mind on that front that challenged all of us. But no, and especially as a laboratory, you know, there, there were certain businesses that could you know, send everybody home and, and the laboratory doesn't really have that luxury. Certainly we were able to send some people home and you know the accountants could go home and, and some of the other people and billing. But certainly the laboratory people, they needed to come in every day. And, and, you know, there was anxiety. There was a lot of a lot of just unknowns if you went back to, you know, last March, April. So but again, I think the team, you know, we, we've we've built a very value based culture. Our laboratory people are, are used to wearing protective equipment and, and doing things right. And we implemented some social distancing and deep cleaning and, and the like, and just tried to stay true to our values to try to manage through this. And actually very proud of our teams because all of our labs continued to operate, you know, really without a hiccup. And, and you know, our turnaround time and our service, you know, was was stellar through the through the pandemic. But again, I think if the company's got a good sense of values and, and your company's built sort of this culture of uh, of caring about customers, then that that just kind of goes through. And then when a crisis comes up, people have that got that compass, and and they just they know which way to go. So I, I think it's it really showed the the strength of the company, and and we did extremely well through COVID. And you know, obviously, you know, knock on wood, we've been we've been fortunate that we did have a few cases. Those those people recovered, and our, our team really came through it. Fantastic. So, so then as we start to wrap up the show, I am of course curious. You learned early on that one of your blind spots was you got to also hire for for culture or values. Is there, and you had people tell you, and it sounds like that's how you discovered that there was a gap there. How does a leader discover if they're a fit or not? Yeah, well, I think once they were on board, we certainly, that's when we started talking to our teams, you know, and and I think, but the other part is, is sort of in interviews, really asking probing questions about a lot of times people will put their accomplishments on there. And I, I think, you know, trying to probe as to how they got it done what challenges they, they faced and, and, and sort of tell if people talk about, yeah, I had to get the team together, we had to all get together and get our arms around this, or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I went to their boss and ordered them to do something. And so I, I think sometimes if you really, it's trying to dig deeper on their accomplishments and, and it's not just what they achieved, it's sort of, you know, how did they achieve it? And I think you always kind of look for keywords in terms of team and then, you know, just, you know, working well with, with their with their coworkers. And I, I think a lot of times when you have conversations, you know, that'll come out versus maybe somebody who's always kind of referring to I and, and what I did and, and just it was it was all me versus the people that kind of were able to accomplish something, you know, by by working well with others. Sure. And I think those are very valuable tips. Usually it's, it's, um, how should I say that most people will not go to their boss and tell them that there's a gap in culture fit. So how did you, did you proactively solicit feedback or, or are you just someone that people feel comfortable opening up to? No, no, absolutely. We, we went, I think, you know, a lot of this comes from walking around and, and talking to people, but mm-hmm. we, we literally asked some of the questions in terms of working with other groups and, and you know, asking, you know, is there anyone difficult to work with? Is there anyone you find challenging to work with? And, and also hearing people's pain points, talking with them about what's working well in their departments versus what isn't. And sometimes those pain points did come out and, and did sort of point in the direction of, you know, gee, where we have multiple people having issues with, with, with this certain individual. So I, I think it's, it is a matter of trying to pull that feedback out. And I know management by walking around is kind of an old fashioned term, but a lot of this does just come out. I think you you sort of you hear things from people when they're in their own setting and, and you 
find out the information that way. So I, I do think there's still a lot of this is just you know, making sure we have open lines of communication. Hopefully you build trust with your team and you, know, you get the, the honest feedback that you need to try to keep the culture strong. Well, I appreciate you making the time to be a guest today and, and being as open as you are about your best practices as well as what you struggled with early on. And I'm very excited for your company. And I know if anybody wants to know more, they can go to neogenomics.com. And thank you again for being the leader you are. Oh, no, thank you so much. Enjoy talking with you. Thank you.